get it. All right. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. What up, y'all? It's your boy Breeze. Feel the breeze, along with the greatest co-host in the world. Dress Lorilla Sensation. Dress, are you ready? Are you ready? No, I'm ready, but are you ready? No, are you ready? Because no, I've been ready. Because I, you know, I don't I, I've been ready. I stay ready, so I ain't got to get ready. Man, let's go. <laughs> let's right. go. So here we go, man. We told y'all we had a special guest. Bro, I'm going to hand it over to you, Stress, because you're the program director. Man, I'm going to hand it back over to you and let you do this. How about that? Come right. on, man. We Get it over with. Guest. He's ready. Let's go. Here we go. The one and only Phil. Darling, what's up, bro? What is up, Phil? Fellas. How are you doing, sir? What is I'm up, good, Phil? man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Ooh. it. No, it's nice to have me on. First of all, thank you, sir, because... Trust me, when you're a podcast trying to come up, nobody yep. want to come on your show to give you a chance. So we thank you for that. Thank you very much. Look, I'm I'm appreciative you guys want to have me on and talk about me, man. So that's cool. <laughs> it's, it's mutual. It's, it's mutual. Hey, mutual. man, what do you mean? You're like one of the coolest dudes I ever met, bro. Like when I met you, bro, like let me take people down this lane for a second. When I met you, man, like. You were just so humble, bro. Like, you were approachable. You wasn't like, you know, you were chilling, you know, doing your thing. That's why I really didn't want to approach you, approach you at the time when I seen who you were. I was just like, hey, man, he's probably just trying to relax, get away from, a, you know, the fast life, just letting his hair down. But you was just like, man, you want a picture? Come on, bro. We could chill. You good, man. Like, bro, it was just crazy. Like, and then to get you on this podcast, man, I want to applaud you and thank you because I know your busy schedule, hectic. You don't have to trust me, man. Thank you. Just thank you from the bottom of our hearts, bro. We appreciate just you showing up. How about that? Oh, very, very welcome. And like, you know, the thing is, is like when you're an, you know, an actor and you're doing, I mean, you're doing it because you want, you know, you want people to watch you, you know, and you, you, and you, and you want the applause. You want, <laughs> you want to be recognized. Any actor who pretends they don't want to be recognized is full of shit. <laughs> they really are they're full of shit uh, you know uh, because you do that's what you do it you do the work so people can look at it so you guys can watch it like you want to have fans it's cool man so yeah it, it's mutual it goes both ways and uh, I'm happy to be on man I'm happy to do this oh man so we usually just kind of just load up the weapons and ta -da -da -da, let them go so stress yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm do more better because, you know, I know you from one of my favorite shows, Power. You know, you was yeah. on Power Force. You were Simon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Sorry yeah. they killed you, bro. You know what I'm saying? You, you, oh, <laughs> you and me both. Like, like, like honestly, <laughs> if you, you have not watched... Further, Phil, stress, you have about 100 people that probably hate you right about now because you just gave them a... <laughs> I mean, oh, hey, if no, they ain't good. seen it, because the series has been out for a little while now. It's about right, to come right. out with the second season and everything. Like, if they right. ain't up on their game by now, I'm sorry that I'm spoiling everything. I'm just a spoiler alert. That's what I do best. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the show's been out for a minute. If, you know, you, yeah, get but, whatever rock you're living under and start get, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, get Hulu. Get Hulu. You know, it's all right to get some of the little extra add-ons, like Cinemax yeah. and all that Showtime shit, you know. But when I seen it, man... um. You, you you played a real powerful role in there, you know, just being like that guy that was really like the protector. Like you was like, you know, 
you had that never back down type energy. And like a lot of people like gangster movies. I know people grew up and like, if you know power in the series, you know, it's based on the whole drug lifestyle and everything like that. Just, uh, I guess just take us down playing these roles that you play and just, you know, how was it working with 50 and the green, like, you know, gang and all that good stuff, you know? I know yeah. you know a lot of those guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, that first season of Power was really a special time for that kind of core cast, you know, like Isaac and Chris Lofton. And of course, you know, Joe, Joe's been a friend of mine since I've been 18. You know, he's one, one of my best friends. He's my writing partner as well. We write together. And so <clears throat> this was a long time coming for him and I. We had never worked together on stage or on screen um and you know shane harper uh anthony fleming all these guys you know it was like it was this little kind of cast and we were shooting during the pandemic while the pandemic was still technically on yeah so we couldn't it was like we couldn't like we weren't supposed to go out anywhere we were we were supposed to stay inside and it was really weird and so we weren't supposed to be getting together, but we did eventually. Cause it's like, we can't just sit in the, in the, you know, I mean, we could say it now cause everything's over with, but we were all hanging out and we only had each other. So right. we would get together a lot and we'd have cast dinners and uh, we just got to really know each other very personally. So it was this very special time that I don't think you can repeat. You know, again, like you can't really create that and, and, and you don't always have that. So that, those, that group of actors, um, in many ways, we're, 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 we're all still connected. You know, even if we all go off, we do, you know, and we're going to all do other shows and stuff. And, uh, but um, we're all still connected. We all still talk. I talk right. to Isaac and Shane. I, I mean, Shane's coming over for dinner this <laughs> you know probably <laughs> we cooked together i mean you know it's it was cool and you know 50 um is quite a guy he's uh he he's very involved like he's a he'll he talk about busy you know he's a guy who manages to still show up you know like he shows up when he needs to show up he supports he knows your name he's an extremely genuine guy um he's a fan of the people who are on his shows. Um, oh yeah. And he's just a good dude, man. So he, that was like, um, you know, that was really cool. And he, you know, he's, 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 he's just, he's really hands-on and he's very involved. I mean, he lets everyone do their, their job. Cause I think he's good at, he, he sees what you're good at and he just lets you kind of do your thing. He doesn't pretend, you know, <clears throat> he doesn't micromanage or do anything like that, but, He's a he's a fan. He's a he's a good fan. He knows what he wants, and then he shows up and he supports you and gives you what you need. So it was cool. It was a very special time and a great group. I'll I'll never I'll never forget that first season. Did you did you know ahead of time uh, when you got the script and somewhat uh, when you went for it? Did you know how many episodes you were already written in for? Or is it like some of the most of the other shows, they keep you waiting and then you show up and, hey, this episode, you're going to die. <laughs> like, how, how did that come about as you yeah, taking the role? They Well, they did. Um, you know, I knew that I was going to go out at some point. Right. Um, when the episode came, uh, I was 
pretty shocked, to be honest. Um, I, I personally, you know, mo- most actor, I mean, no actor wants to die off, you know, be killed off of a show. Right. Uh, especially unless, like you, unless you especially hate like that show. Yeah. Unless you hate your job. <laughs> right. 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 And like kill me those, quickly. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and there are actors who are just like, dude, get me off the show. And they, you know, they're, they kill them off. But I, you know, I wanted to, I, uh, you know, I was, I was disappointed. I, 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 uh, and so was the cast. I remember the, the, the day I, um, the script came out, I just took my phone and started ringing off the hook, you know, and people were like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> why are they killing you, dude? And, uh, and the answer is, I don't know why. Um, I think, you know, I, my character was, um, and it certainly strong. as an actor was under, underused. Uh, I was, I don't, you know, but you know, I, I can't get into the head of the writer and what he was thinking or not thinking or what, you know, uh, you know, I have no idea, you know, um, but I had fun with what I was given. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But for me, <clears throat> a lot of people don't know you're, you're a director too, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, just take us down your directorial debut, not even directorial debut, just something you feel like, what do you like to direct? Like what type of movies would put you into a mind state of, this is what I would like to depict and direct because this is how my brain thinks or operates or just, you know, take us down your focus of what you would direct the movie to look like. Well, I'm interested in, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in any any story that's extremely personal, you know, and I like the uh, anti-hero type stuff, you know. Wink, wink, breeze. That's kind of my stuff, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I like very very dark material. Um, I, I you know, to, that's gonna be one of my next questions, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I would not be into, I mean, I guess, I mean, I could, I mean, look, I could direct anything that you put in front of me, but I don't know that I would do <coughs> a romantic comedy very well. <laughs> probably they'd be, they'd be very disappointed in the way I would push the story, I think. Hey, <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay was one of my favorite comedians, so you can get raunchy with that thing if they wanted you to. You feel me? Yeah, Make it sure. dark, you know, dark yeah, comedy. Sure. <laughs> I, love, I love the dark stuff. I, you know, I love, I don't like happy endings. I don't like stuff that's overly sentimental. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm just not in, that's just not my thing. So that's what I feel I do really well. Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of why it was cool to be on, on Joe's show because, you know, AKA the Tommy show, because, you know, that's the, that's where it was, you know, that was, it was in that family. It was in that right. kind of bar right. in Chicago. <clears throat> Um, you know, that original trailer for the show, I was, you know, and I'm not easily impressed. Like I've, I hate a lot of shit. I really do. <laughs> for better or for worse, I mostly hate everything and I like very little. And with that said, when I saw the trailer for, for Force with the Sinatra song, I was like, damn. Yeah, but obviously you, okay. you played an amazing role in there too, bro. Like I want to say like kudos to you. And I, I understand. I mean, I can't say I understand why they killed you off, but I can see 
like spinoffs from that. You know what I'm saying? What, how did you get there type thing? You know, mm-hmm. they can do so much with that character from where you came from. But, you yeah. know, like you said, again, we don't ever know what's in the director's head. And my thing is, sometimes you're, you're just bigger than the show. You know, sometimes like I think that there's more for you because like, like I said, you're so humble, man. You're like a great <clears throat> person. Your soul, your energy is vibrant. It's radiant. So I just think that, you know, like most people would say, God, I got a bigger plan for you. And like with you being a director, I, I, I can see you directing a dark series where you got people like, you know, just that's where my name comes across the screen. Stress the real sensation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, Breeze, edit that in. Stress the real sensation. Go across the screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, what I was going to, and just to piggyback off that, yeah. the character you played in Power, you know, where did you empower the passion of that character? Like, did, did you go back and watch? other old gangster movies and say, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of him, a little bit of him, a little bit of him, mix it all together and give you this. Or did you just like, how did you embody that, that role? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, Well, I felt like ultimately this was like, in many ways, the role that I was sort of kind of born to play only because, you know, all of my favorite movies are Goodfellas, Casino, favorite television show of all time the sopranos you know this oh my god it's 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 the material it's the material that i'm like it's it's what i'm into you know i'm from chicago originally um my great uncle uh he was a gangster he he had his own crew in in the outfit and uh um was in prison for most of his life but it was like you know i had some uncles that kind of like worked in his crew and stuff and so it was sort of like you know and in fact just to tell a story uh you know in in the first episode of power i get my arm broken and i remember i was talking you know you know back there shooting so i'm my dad's asking me about uh, you know we're hanging out he's asking me about the uh the first episode i go well yeah there's this you know, I get my arm broken. I get it stuck in this thing. I get right. And he goes, "Oh yeah, your 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 great uncle Al, the the, the gangster, goes, he got his arm broken." <laughs> and so it's like, "Oh really?" And he goes, "Yeah." He said, "You know," he goes, "He showed up to a family function, uh, and this was before I was born." And and he goes, "Yeah, I fell off one of the loading docks, you know, by by Lake Michigan or whatever." And every, everybody in the family was like, "Yeah, right." You know, he goes, "He goes." He goes because <laughs> we got something in, in common there. So anyway, to, to answer the question, I feel like it was like it, it was it was the role I was kind of born to play. And as far right. as uh, uh, basing it, you know, you'll appreciate this being a Sopranos fan. I really borrowed a lot from what Tony Sirico did on the Sopranos, Polly Walnuts. I, okay. I, I, when I got the part and I met Shane. We had a few talks. Um, I quickly realized that, like, what I needed to bring to his straight man, right, Right. was, um, you know, I'd bring some levity. I had to bring some comedy, you know. And Sirico um, on The Sopranos, he, he, to me, he always did that. You know, he was always, he was sort of the clown, right? And I felt mm-hmm. like Simon needed to be the clown. Hold on, I gotta 
Got to plug in here. Um, sorry about that. Um, no I, I felt like I felt like Simon McDougal needed to, needed to bring some of that to it. Um, that some humor. Fire. Just a little then, humor, huh? Yeah, and then for like anybody who really <clears throat> wants to find out exactly who I based Simon on, there's this episode of Kitchen Nightmares, which is this Gordon Ramsay reality show from like a year ago. <laughs> and I'm a huge cook. I love, dude, that's like my show, man. I love it. He comes in, he's like, I love Gordon. Stupid fool. I just love, <laughs> I just love I, watching him yell at everybody. Oh, you don't too, get. Bro. I yeah. love Gordon Ramsay, bro. That's my guy. Right? Gordon that Ramsay. is my guy. Yeah. And so, anyway, so I'm trying to figure out the sign. I, I, get, I get the part. I'm still in LA. I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to go a little Tony Sirico with this. You know, I'm still trying to find him. And I'm chilling just watching Kitchen Nightmares. And I've seen all the episodes like 300,000 times. But I'm just chill, I'm just watching again. And there's this one episode. We'll see, I'll see if I can find it while we're still on. And it was this like restaurant, I want to say, in Long Island. It was this Italian restaurant. And there was this dude. And the restaurant was named after him. And clearly... He thought he was out of Goodfellas or something like that. He would like, <laughs> he'd yell at his own customers. He would try to fight his customers. What the hell? Uh, I mean, Welcome to Long Island. They getting in New York. <laughs> Damn. I mean, dude, this guy was out of his mind. And I was like, that's Simon McDougal. That's nice. Him. That's this guy. He was just like, <laughs> he, that's not to he, the guy that was out of control. <laughs> I could imagine that in the restaurant. Yeah, I'm right? gonna while while we're on, I'm gonna see if I can find that episode because <laughs> out of control. And what the guy had was like he had this like he was really he had like a fake tan. You could tell it goes with like a tanning bed. His teeth were all white. He was this big puffy dude. He'd walk around. He had the gold chains, bad sweatshirts. Yeah, well, you know, and that's who basically uh, Simon. That was him, man. That was yeah, that, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Now, the uh, a, a question, um, and then of course, stress. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to jump. Oh, uh, you good, but, bro? You got it. You got it. So, I I've always wanted to know when you uh, uh you know decide to you know direct or executive yeah. produce or you know whatever it is you know that you do, um. Because there is one movie that I saw, and yeah. it was The Man in the Silo, okay? Yeah. Great movie, by the way. Like, if you guys have not seen it, please go watch it. It's a great movie. What I want to know is, how did you come about that and say, and this was one that I was like, oh, man, there's no way he did not. How, did you get any kind of nostalgic feeling knowing you had Ernie Hudson, a Ghostbuster, you had William Zabka from the Karate Kid, like you had 80s, you know what I mean? Like, was there yeah. any nostalgic, you know, feeling going on while you were putting this together or like, take us through a, a, a moment of that. Great movie still, by the way. Thank you. I, you know, th thank you for bringing this, this movie up. Uh, yeah. Because it was, it was, you know, it's so a part of my, my past and it was like, at the time, as a director, I, I did one short film called Wrestled. Prior to that, it was a 15-minute short, and it it went to Sundance. And uh, when IFC was still, and the Independent Film Channel, when they were still showing short films, 
they they bought this movie and it really you know that little short film i was seeing if i could be a director and it and it kind of you know the, the film did a lot for me um having gone to sundance and ifc by it so it afforded me the opportunity to do man in the silo and that was going to be my like show what i could do as a as a director <clears throat> and we had no money or anything like that but but it was enough to have some people say oh we'd love to invest in a movie you know um and so uh, it was really meant to be kind of a direct calling <clears throat> card because it's a very odd length it's only an hour right know? um i was working things out years ago of you know film that i was interested in then i probably if you had me make man in the silence today i'd make it completely differently right so there, i was it was like things i was kind of like um working through and and uh, um as far as what my mindset was then i mean i think i was um i learned a lot i, I think i was really scared out of my mind when i was <laughs> And I'm being very serious. <clears throat> I'm being very Man. serious because I, I there, to say you were saying because you're, I can look at it now. Yeah, I had Ernie Hudson and Billy and the nostalgia. I wasn't thinking of it that way then. I, I was I was pretty freaked out because now Ernie and I are, like really great friends. I talk to Ernie often. You know, right. we, we stay in touch. We see each other. He's super, you know, he knows my parents. He's like, he'll text on holidays, tell your parents, you know, Merry Christmas. I mean, we're buddies. We were not buddies when we made the movie. Oh. Uh, the, 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 I think the dude was like, what is this kid <laughs> doing? Uh... Doing. <laughs> because like what? I said, I had these very weird, like when you, you've seen the movie, it's very stylized, yeah. right? Yeah. Very stylized picture. Yep. I wanted the whole thing to feel like a dream. And it does. It, it takes you on a ride. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, wait a minute. He was here. Then the then the accident. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it's just piece by piece. You start watching and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I thought the way you tied it all together is what gave it the, the like, you ever heard of, oh, the product's there. You just got to shine it. Right. That's what you did at the end. To me, it's like you put the final shine on it. I was like, oh, thank my you. God, this is a great thank movie. <laughs> well, thank you. I, you know, Ernie who at the time, and I'm just going to give you, again, I'll give you the full, you know, if you guys aren't in a rush here, I'll give you the full. No, I'm, I'm good. When we did that movie, Man in the Silo, I caught Ernie during a time where he was thinking of quitting Hollywood. Mm. So he was thinking of like <clears throat> packing it in, getting out. Um, I met him at a film festival in a movie that I was in. We happened to, to, to meet each other and I was just getting ready to do Man in the Silo, I mean, I never thought I would do it and cast uh, a, a guy who's a movie star like Ernie, right? I did right. not have, I just figured I was just going to get an actor and someone would play, right? <clears throat> and so he was saying, quit. And I, so I started talking to him about the movie. And I, you know, would, if you, there's interviews, Ernie talking about Man in the Silo. And he's like, yeah, Phil just wouldn't leave me alone. So I said, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, in his deep voice. And that's true. I kind of wouldn't leave him alone. And, and he, he read the script and he's like, you know what? He's like, fuck it. Let's do this shit. 
I mean, if you're going to leave me alone when I finish doing this shit, at least he was. Yeah, he was kind of. Well, he did say this. He was like, look, I really think the script is is pretty cool. Um, He, you know, he was looking for a role that he could really. You know, um, make his own probably. Yeah. And do, you know, do something different that he had never done before. He has done a lot of great roles, but he he was he was just kind of like at a stage because he really didn't get paid anything for the movie. He, he and ultimately the <laughs> we were so short on money the producer of the movie actually called him up they're like would you mind giving your money back to the movie so we could fit it i mean it was like Damn. crazy and ernie yeah. guess what was like yeah i don't care i mean i don't uh, you know he's not doesn't need the money and then that. billy is was is a really good friend of mine and he and um i asked him to do the movie billy was also at that time kind of like in this weird space in his career where he wasn't really working either. And so I guess what it was more than anything, I I just wanted to work with all of my friends Mm -hmm. and Ernie became a friend over shoot the course of shooting the picture. So it was like, I, I don't know. It was weird. It was like, I didn't really look at it at the time. Like, Oh my God! I have Ernie Hudson and I have Billy. I, what, what it became was like just a, a a group of individuals who were kind of all on this like I don't know. It was just like it was almost like community theater or something. You know, it was like this little tight knit group of of people, and we were just sort right. of trying this out. I didn't even know if the film would work. I mean, I had no clue. Ernie certainly was questioning everything. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. Uh, but they just it, took their money back. I, what are we doing now? <laughs> well, I remember like he he. Um, and by the way, I will say this: you know, Billy's killing it now with Cobra Kai. When oh yeah. Man in the, when he Man. did Man in the Silo, then he was already talking about trying to make that series. Right. Just so you understand how long stuff can take. Oh yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's yeah, he's know. talking 15 years ago. He's going. I got this idea. For this TV show, I want to get Ralph Macchio back. I want to do all, you know, and it took him a long time, but you got to, I got to hand it to him. He did it, man. I don't don't care what nobody say. I love me some. Right, right. Shouts out to Cobra Kai. I got a shirt. I should have wore it. You should have told me. I know, right? Um, Go ahead, Tress. Go. Anyway, so I hope that answered your question. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. My thing is, when I met you, your boy recommended a movie I should watch, and it was easy to remember because he said, hi, don't you look like you get <laughs> He said, hi and outside. Yeah. What yeah. about the, the minor league picture that's trying to make a comeback? For his career? Take us through that. Like, you know, that's what I seen. I was like, yeah. you know, I, he recommended a movie that was something else that you played in, and you you were the star of that, I think you were right. You were you were the star, right? <laughs> I know, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was the lead. It was a real. It's a movie I'm very proud of, um, and that's hard to, as an actor, to always be proud of the stuff you're in because you have little control over the final product. Right. I right. mean, you show up and you do it, and you hope it's great, but you don't really know what they're gonna right. do. That's true. What you don't direct- know if they took the great angles or the bad angles. Uh. Yeah, or you don't, and you know, even more than that, it's like editing makes or breaks a picture. Uh, yep. You know, you know, the music. I mean, there's so many elements to to uh, to a movie that that make it great or or 
or not. And just because it, you know, and you, and a, you know, directors, their whole job is to catch you on a vision and they, you, they have to tell you in advance, you're not in their head, you don't know. So in many ways, you know, it's always, um, it's, it's always a risk, but with hiding outside, you know, they came through and they came through big. I remember when I watched the, the movie, I thought to myself, wow, there's nothing about this movie that I don't like. I like every single moment. They used all the right takes of me, right. other <clears throat> actors. Um, I, 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 honestly, it's like one of those movies where I go, this is, this is really kind of like the perfect movie for me. Right. It actor. was powerful. It was powerful for me, especially yeah. coming from a person that loves sports. You know, when you look at certain sports movies, like Bree said in another episode we had, that he was hoping that they they don't depict Kobe wrong because you got to look at how they put a lot of people in the light that's lived in the light. They wanted like the Mike Tyson story was all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It was like an MTV movie award or video or something like that. I'm talking about that man. <laughs> he destroyed Mike Tyson with yeah. That, was but but my thing is like with with sports players, they always don't depict the right story to it. But with yours, it was very powerful. It showed a lot of emotion. It showed, you know, like you said, something you would want to act because it is a, a story that needs to be told. And mm -hmm. I was just like, I mean, I commend you because I just seen you in a different light from seeing you on Force. And then like, like I got to check out this movie he's talking about. I got to make sure I do my other research and. Oh, bro, it's a it's a great movie. Man. And I, I I mean, we do that though. We like to <laughs> we like to piggyback off each other because he probably yeah. haven't seen High and Outside. No, so I haven't seen that. Now yet. we we could talk about that more and like. I just yeah. feel that like you you are one of these people that I can look at and say he's humble, he's down to earth, you can reach out and touch him. He gives great advice as far as like what a mindset should be. If anybody's that's watching wants to be an actor or like a producer and pursuing a, a acting or producing career, I'm looking at it like what would you give them as far as like advice to, you know, shoot for their dreams? Well, <laughs> I remember I saw <clears throat> And I, you know, I've got a couple pieces of advice. Uh, one is, uh, I remember watching an interview with Joe Pesci, who I love. Oh, yeah. Watch his interviews. They're, ex woo, they're A1, baby. Yeah, I love Pesci. <clears throat> and by the way, I found the Gordon Ramsay episode really fast. I got, I want to say it's called Peters. Okay. <laughs> so watch. It's called, everyone reviews it and it's, it says Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares Gangster Edition. So, <laughs> Peter Pellegrino. It was in Babylon, New York. Peter's Italian Restaurant. That's the episode. Watch that episode. You will see Simon McDougal. I just copied that dude. I was like, that's my okay. guy. Okay. Okay. I'm definitely so, going to watch that. And I've I'm never going to watch that. And that all the interviews I've done have always been like, I don't know what episode. All right, that's it. That's the one. You guys yeah, we got, got it. it. <laughs> we got the exclusive. I told you, another first. Another first. Another, <laughs> another first. I'm breaking the first record yeah. up here. I'm doing all first this year, and I got it. First, first, first. Indeed. So, so I watched Pesci in an interview uh, once, and this guy asked, he said he was taught for his acting students. Uh, he got him when he was making Goodfellas. It was like an on-the-street interview. It's on YouTube somewhere. He goes, what advice would you give to my students? And he goes, find something else to do. <laughs> he goes, this is a terrible business, and you should really find something else to do with your life. This is not good. <laughs> okay. So, with that said, I don't, I don't disagree 
with Joe Pesci. Because <laughs> it is not a great bit. It's, it's not a great business. But I think that's a part of it. Like, I think what I would say is not to, you know, I mean, if you feel you need to do it, do it. But it is a really unfair industry. And it is very, very tough. And nobody owes you shit. And no one will, you know. And um, so <clears throat> uh, this other uh, uh, professor of mine from college, David Mamet, you may have heard of him. He wrote Glengarry Glenn Ross. He's, he's one of our best screenwriters and playwrights. And uh, he, was, he was a teacher of mine. And he said something to the effect of if you are ready for a life of disappointment <clears throat> coupled with you know, or sprinkled with a, a few moments of the greatest highs you'll ever feel, uh, then this business is for you. And that's really what it, it is. I mean, it's like, there's a lot of different things. It's like, you know, you can act and write and direct and you can keep it um, kind of a hobby. You know, you can you can find another way to make a living and then you can just sort of do that. And And it can be a little different. When you have to start making a living at it, um then you're then you're in in the business of of making movies and making tv and that business is is tough and unfair and can be a heartbreaker and um it it it's i mean it's tough man i mean it's just it's hard to hang in um but if you really feel like you got to do it and there's no other option then then the business probably is for you you know because uh you know, you need that fortitude to hear no a thousand times. And then on the, the <laughs> next one, you get the yes. And that's the, then that's the yes you've been waiting for. Right. You got, but you got to be able to hang in. And it's, I mean, it's just, so if I could talk to myself like 25 years ago when I started, I'd probably go, dude, just do something else, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 look, Breeze, Breeze, that's crazy. Look, he went to his past self. Yeah. What about the future self? <laughs> what would you tell your future self? How about that one? What oh, would you tell, tell my, your future self? Tell my future self. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say thank you for hanging in and making me all these millions of dollars. There you go. So, there you go. There you go. <clears throat> that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm thanking my future self right now because that's that's coming. But you know, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. That would be, that would be it. I mean, it's sort of like I get what Pesci meant. You know, like he. It's just, you know, it's it's a it's it's just tough, and it's an industry too where like, you know, I was I was just raised blue collar, man. South side of Chicago. My dad was a salesman. Mom's a nurse. Like I don't cut nobody in my family was in the film business. Um, you know, and I didn't really grow up in like per se an artistic household. It's not that right. they didn't, weren't supportive <clears throat> or whatever, but it just wasn't a thing. And so the house I was raised in, it was like, you were taught like really simple things like to respect other people, be the best at your job, like really, right? Like simple things. And being in this industry, you realize that um, mainly in this business, uh, there, there isn't a lot of respect and people right, will disrespect right. you. They will fuck you over. Uh -huh. uh, like a lot of people, yeah, <laughs> exactly. A lot of, not much different. A lot of people get in positions of power 
they don't know how they got there or why they are there. They <laughs> and they the turn that green collar. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it's like through nepotism. Um, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They didn't earn it. They're not the best at what they can do. And so right. that's what I mean. But that's what I said. The industry isn't fair. Yeah. And it doesn't right. owe you anything. And that's just the, that's just the that's just the playing field. So if you know what the deal is, you can navigate through it. Right. Uh, but I'll hear a lot of like young actors. Oh, it isn't fair. I'm so talented. It's like, well, dude, welcome to you and all the other <laughs> thousands of people that are here. Like There's a my lot thing of is, talented people out here. There's a lot of good-looking, talented people in LA. You know, so like me growing I mean, up, I grew up in actor right here that has no, no. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Like <laughs> me growing up in California, you know, what I'm saying I was born and raised in Compton, and like right. my thing was, we we've always known like just coming up, like everything was rough out there. Like I've been doing music since I was like 15 years old. You know, dibble and dabble, but I took it serious when I hit 19. Like, I went hard for it. Like, I made it something I wanted to do. And, like, I mean, underground scene, I have a nice, you know, plethora, but I never got to make that mainstream platform trying to taste that dream because, like, I was, like, not used to hearing so many no's. You know what I'm saying? Like, and my mind stay always hearing no is making me go, no, I'm going to hear a yes. Like, y'all not going to tell me no. And just, it was more of the approach. And like you said, you got to be built for certain things. Like, I'm still doing music. I'm not going to ever stop. But I mean, it's not just one lane I want to be in. Like, I want to do video games. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to dibble dabble in acting. But like you said, I have to be in the mind state to get there. So my next question for you would be like, when you're in these mind states, you know, mentally, how do you feel like, what is your best way to just woosaw afterwards? Like, what what do you go get a massage? You go take a trip, go to the Bahamas, you know, what what is the best way for you to... All my questions, but go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> I All mean, questions. I did talking, you write this and email it <laughs> after the show, uh, Phil? I'm not. Yeah. I'm gonna email you the 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 little question template that yeah. I created, and every damn one of them he's asked. I'm well, like, that's okay. good. That's why you guys are a team, man. You guys think a lot. That's good, man. You guys are connected, man. You're. Oh yeah, we're oh, brothers. Man. <laughs> we're happy and we're singing and we're colored. He was just in the sun. Me me high <laughs> but no, so, okay. Play. So question is how do I, okay. So how do I deal sort of with the industry on a daily basis? Like, how do you like get, get back to normal? Like, you yeah. know, you play these roles. So you got to get in these mind states to play these roles. Like how you said, you had to be the guy from the kitchen. You know what right. I'm saying? You had to be that gangster. And then you had to get to this minor league baseball player. You had to be this director to see this vision. Like after all that is done, how do you go back to being you? Um, well, I, I just do. I mean, I just, <clears throat> I just kind of, I mean, it's, I just drop it. I just let, I just let it be, um, including auditions, meetings, things that aren't even, and, and that's also a part of the job, the meetings, the auditions, the being told no, or, maybe, or what, you know, including the work, um, I try to treat it like a job at an office where when you leave at five or whatever time you leave, you leave your work, the desk, go home, dinner, go to the bar, meet some friends, do whatever. Um, yeah, I just try, I just, I I just try to drop it and, and, um, you know, uh, every actor has their own, approach with stuff but on the acting side um i don't i'm not 
I'm not a method actor. I actually don't believe in it, nor do I think it exists. And there <laughs> might be a lot of actors who might disagree with me. Um, to me, acting's a job. And so it's a, it's some, it's a craft you learn how to do. Um, and it's, and it's not real. It's fake. And you, you, you dream it up here, right? You do it here and then cut. And then, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, if I play a drug addict, I don't need to go live in a sewer for two months to figure out, you know, I don't, I don't need to, I mean, there might be some, there, you know, where all the drug addicts in the sewer. You, you're not in the house with the cardboard box down of sleep. I can imagine, I, I can imagine Phil walking out and saying, hey, man, you got one for me? Yeah. Now, granted, I'm not saying you don't study and, and I mean, you got to learn, but you know, there's a lot of actors like, man, I gotta live it. I gotta live it. I right. don't agree. I don't agree with that. I don't think that you have to live it. I think no. that you just you you make it up in your head and you perform it, and and that's kind of what you do. You're drawing from your life experience. Actors who tell me like, I just you know like they're they're always in search of a performance that doesn't exist because they're like, I don't want to be me, and it's like, well, dude, sorry, you are you. Yeah, yeah that's what makes your performance unique. You're just envisioning and embodying something. That's all you need to do. You know, you need to envision it and embody it. Right. Thousand percent. So, so mine is like really, um, the older I get, uh, I'm able to just turn it off, you know? Um, and I love to cook and that's what Shane and I did on power. We, we kind of really, him and I really, really hit it off, which was also rare, but cool. Cause we were doing all of our scenes together and that dude can cook. Shane, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cook too. So next time we get around each other, I'm gonna show yeah. you something. I'm gonna chef it up one time. No way, man. And that's what Shane and I would do. We would get together, and we would have. We would. He would come to my place, or I go to his, and we would cook. And that's the way we decompressed, and kind of got back to, got back to normal. And um, and that's what I do. I cook. Food man. is the ish. I don't give yeah. what none of y'all say. If you need to just. That's what food is for your soul. Eat the shit. Shut up. You know, no, but I want to, you just said something I was thinking about the other day. I really feel like people who, who cook and who cook for other, because it's, it's, it's such a nurturing thing when you cook for yourself and for other people, man, to me, that's like, that's like a gift from God without getting too like cheesy. That's right. really like, that's like, Especially like when it. you put that love in it. When yeah, you put yeah. that love in that food and people yeah. could taste the like people could taste the love in the food. It's crazy that people say that because I cook, I cook at my other job. People tell me all the time, man, there's something about the way you cook this food because you could just taste that you love what you do. And I do, <laughs> I love cooking. It's my thing. Yeah. It, it takes me back to my childhood with my grandpa yeah. showing me, you know, gourmet chef showing me, hey, come in here and Learn how to cook these eggs, learn how to make these potatoes, learn how to do this, learn how to, you know, and put your hands in stuff and learn how to, you know, season and season the taste, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just, it just, it's that whole, like, if you love it. And I know most people think about that. You did it with your grandparents most of yeah. the time. So that's right. where the real passion and love comes from because it's a memory. And that's, and you can recreate those old recipes that you used to smell and taste. It right. just takes you back to that moment. And I think, People just don't understand food is just a different thing for a lot of people. It's just I think if you just ever really going through something, just get some good people around you 
have yeah. a great meal, drink a little wine and just watch everything just change for you personally, because you just need that. Like you said, that moment, that's how y'all detox. It was the moment of feeling just like, all right, we, we have peace. We about to eat a great meal. We just talking, having a good conversation, enjoying company. Love. Yep. That's what people need more love. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. I, 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 you know, if you're, if to me, yeah, man, if you're, if you're cooking and, and you're cooking for other people, you're on the side of the angels, dude, you're, 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 you're a great human being if you're doing that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and that's, I mean that. So yeah, man. So cooking is my, is, is, you know, that's my, that's my thing, man. And I love to have, and I have friends over all the time, cook for them. Just had a friend over a couple nights ago, and I made like bolognese from scratch. I made the noodles. I was rolling out the the oh, Yeah, man. But you know, that's that's um, you know, people will ask, "What's your life in LA? Must be crazy and parties and stuff." I'm like, nah, I actually really don't go <laughs> go anywhere. I'm you know what cooking. you need to start I'm doing? Cooking. Yeah. This is an idea for you right here because you direct too. Watch this. Dinner with Phil. You know, that's I've been thinking about that actually. I've had some hey, great minds think alike. I yeah. mean, they already had the uh, what was it? The uh, um, live with Daryl. It was just in his house. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, hey, call it Phil's kitchen, like Hell's kitchen. Phil's kitchen. I, I that well, I'll have to get Gordon on the show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, that, that, oh he can that, do a guest appearance. Be, He'll probably come through for you awesome. when he see you cooking. Yeah. And what are you doing to this bloody steak? <laughs> this is raw. You can't serve it. You don't get. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so one question I know that he probably doesn't have, and that's because a little birdie told me. Mm -hmm. um, you have an FBI drama in the works. Yeah, man. With Fox. Is that right? Yep. yep. That is very true. How, how is that coming about? And are you going basically based on uh like undercover files or is this something that you just created and you're making it come to life or how's that yeah. Come about? yeah so um the way this whole thing came together was um fox was kind of looking for the show something like this and then um my uh, agent uh reps joy blake who's writing the show and creating it um he paired us up I had another FBI show that's been in development for about a year and a half. Um, <clears throat> and so it put me in that world. And so he paired me up with Joy and, you know, you know, I mean, she's really creating the show, but as a producer, I had a lot of stuff from the, the, the FBI world that I was able to give to her. And so um, we just kind of put the show together um pitched it to fox and they bought it which was which was pretty awesome so what we were what we brought to the table was um two undercover agents who retired who were at the top of their game when they were in um scott Payne, um who my i have another show with <clears throat> um there's a rolling stone article called undercover nazi that you guys can look up that's my other project i have with scott um he broke open the biggest white supremacy ring America's ever seen. Uh, this happened during the pandemic. <clears throat> so he's on this show. Um, and then he, he uh, was able to get this other agent. Her name is Melissa Fortunato. And she was at the top of her game as a female agent and a hostage negotiator. And between the both of them, um, we're really going to be putting together 
something very, very special that you have not seen on network television before. About that's that's the shows I like. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna enjoys a great writer. Um, so it's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be something special. I'm I'm very excited about about um, what she's doing here. So. Yeah, it'll be cool. <clears throat> I mean, one of the things that'll be, I, I can't say too much about it. Um, we're writing the pilot right now, um, but you get to, you, you sort of get to see the sausage being made. Like you, the curtain gets pulled back a little bit. So you, you know, most of the time in these shows, the cops are like always making the right moves. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you kind of know, you're like, okay, you know, I mean, Nothing's really going to go that wrong for the police. Right. They're always going to get out yeah, of whatever yeah. situation. Backup's always going to arrive. I mean, everything's going to work out. In this show, that will not be the case. <laughs> oh, my That'll be fun. That'll there be we fun. go. Yeah. Something so, to look forward to. Look at so, that. Another first. <laughs> so he was talking about, uh, you know, what you do, you know, downtime and how do you get out of, you know, characters and stuff like that. Right. My question to you on this is, how does Phil search for a role? How does how does Phil say, okay, this is the role I want, or this is this is this is where I know I'm gonna flourish? Like, how do you just know? Like, if okay, uh, if I'm playing a role that I feel like fits like a glove, like I'm really yeah. Well, hiding outside was that. Um, High and Outside was that was that movie. Um, I just and I and it wasn't the script actually because the script changed a lot and the director went off script. A lot of the movie was improv, <clears throat> actually. Because um, oh, wow. he came out of the reality. The director came out comes out of the reality TV world. So and we would sometimes do like twenty minute long takes, and what would happen is he would be like in the video village, like in another room or whatever, if we're shooting in a house and he would yell, you know, he'd go, oh, keep it rolling. He'd be like, say this, do this. And so we would just kind of keep going. So, it, it, but it was more, um, it was, it really was kind of the, the director because he was, he, he knew me really well and I knew him. <clears throat> and so he was sort of like, it was kind of like um, that movie was like playing, and this is what I when I think it fires on all cylinders. It was like playing in a in a in a great jazz quartet, where you start out playing one thing, someone riffs over here, and then someone picks up over here, and then over here, you know. And I felt like that was from the director of photography, uh, uh, the director himself, myself. Um, it was like a, it, it was it was like that, and so um, I think that's kind of what it takes. There was some of that on power because I already came in. You know, Joe told me from the beginning. He's like, he's like, "Hey, Donlin, do whatever you want to do." Okay. So okay. he gave me that like kind of. So when you have, I feel like when you have that um, from the start when when you do a project. Because, you know, you could get the perfect character on paper. But again, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be your role, you know. Right. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe that's a little convoluted of an, of an answer. But, um, you know, when I get a part, I'm always scared. I always get scared. I, 
I always feel like I'm not going to be able to to memorize my lines. This is literally the what I go through when I get a part. I get a part. I'm I work really hard to get it, and I'm like, find out I booked it. I'm like, okay, great, awesome. I'm gonna fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, I'm excited. I'm like, fuck yeah, I fucking booked it. Great, I'm feeling good. And then I get the script, and I'm like, I cannot do this. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't memorize my lines. I don't know what the character is supposed to be. I don't know how I'm going to find my way into playing him. I actually don't want to. I don't want to be on the show anymore. Like, I go through this. This is a bad period. idea. This is a bad this, idea. I didn't want to. Oh, what was I thinking? What, what the fuck? I is don't this? have a good feeling about this. <laughs> Why? Why did I, I do did this? this? Yeah, I, d- I did this episode of uh, Chicago PD that just aired. I think it aired like beginning of January, the beginning of this year it, it aired, but I shot it back in October. And I remember when I booked it, I was, I, I couldn't, I was just like, I'll never memorize all of my lines. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do this. And the character, I wasn't even quite sure. I was just like, I'm not even sure how to play this part and I, I was just like man this is going to be a, this is going to be a total oh, aster it's <laughs> <laughs> not going to be good gonna I be can't good. do <laughs> hey but I walked out of my trailer and I showed up on set and it happened you know it just kind of comes together but right. that's that's kind of so it's so I think it's like it's more the man and Chicago PD showed me a lot of love and I know a couple of the series regulars, you know, so that when I was going and it and again it's sort of like if you if you're with uh, if you're in a place where you really have the freedom to feel safe I think and build trust, you know, right. it's those places I have been on film sets where that is not the case. Wow. It's and it's it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's hard. It's very hard, you know, because that's really what it is. I mean, it's like a group of people who don't know each other and they all show up together. Yeah. And you're asked to get vulnerable and create and everybody's like feel and everyone feels insecure. That's right. why we're actors. Right. To begin right. With. You know what I mean? Everyone feels like they're not doing their best and did I do that right? No, you know. So it's 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 hard. So when you get together with a group of people who are like, I respect you, I respect you, let's just play. Who cares if we fuck up? I don't know. Let's just try this shit. Right. Um <clears throat> so is that how power it. was? The, uh, power. That that set kind of reminds me of that's how they were. Like let's just go and whatever we get, we get. Yeah, that was and that was Joe Sakura who really kind of set that tone. He really gave all that core group um carte blanche to kind of do whatever and he backed everyone very well all the actors um and so it felt safe so everyone felt and i think i can speak for most all of those actors we all felt pretty safe to try stuff and not be afraid to uh uh, fall on our face it didn't matter you know um there wasn't a lot of anxiety on that set you know but that that comes from the top down you know yeah, exactly. Stress? So my question for you would be <clears throat> the transition from Chicago mm-hmm. to L.A. Yeah. How was that for you? Terrifying. 
<laughs> I know that's right, guys. I know when you seen the gas prices, you was like, <laughs> "Well, I came here. <clears throat> Do I gotta donate blood too?" <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen LA change. I mean, I've been here now over fifteen years, like full time. Um, but um, have was always kind of coming out here in my early twenties and stuff. Um, I, I mean, I remember the first time I came here. I was still living in Chicago and I was doing uh, a network test. I think it was for ABC for this pilot that I was up for, for the lead, actually. And I remember I got off the plane and I got picked up. You know, I came out of LAX, I got picked up and I'd never been here before. And I remember looking around, I was like, man, this feels like a nut. This feels like Mars. (laughs) This is weird. Whole different time. It was just, I was just weird. (laughs) I was like, what? Where the? Fuck. <laughs> it was weird. You didn't know what to see. You seen the homeless dude? Then you seen the dude with the like mesh shirt with the crop top oh, with the Jerry yeah. Curl dripping, yeah. pop locking and shit next to you. Like, nigga, you got some change and you like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I got it, bro. Like, oh man, when you grow up there, it's kind of like just like it's normal for you. So you just step over the bubs, you like just push people, you kind of yeah. mush people. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just. Oh yeah, don't don't let us tell you no stories. We got stories. We got stories. <laughs> we got to take, us on, take, take us another hour to yeah. Um <clears throat> here's one question that I have to know because obviously, you know, you you're around um a lot of actors, you're around a lot yeah. of directors, producers, whatnot. Right. What if I was to say, Phil, let me see your playlist. What is in Phil's playlist right now, music-wise? What what does Phil bump when he's cooking? What does Phil bump when he's in his ride? Okay, well, I can break it down. Per, yeah, all right. So when I'm cooking, it's always Sinatra and Dean Martin. Nice. Dane Harper has a few of my playlists. Okay. Okay. And you can imagine Phil in the kitchen, right? He's like, I'm doing it my way. He's over there. Always either Sinatra, Dean Martin, a little Sammy Davis. It's all in. It's it's some. It's in that Rat Pack. Right. Don't. That's cooking. No, I never ever. And even if I'm c- cooking at someone else's house, I'm like, let's get the Sinatra going. Let's right. Right. I, otherwise, I can't do it. I just can't. I can't cook. I get you. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. So that's that. When I'm at the gym. When I'm at the gym, I'm listening to probably anything from like Tribe Called Quest to Big Daddy K. Let's go! Little Cool Modi. Um, I'm listening to like. He got How You Like Me Now on repeat because he's like, yeah. <laughs> I was on power. How You Like Me Now? Yeah. Nah, he said, I go to work. Yeah. I get oh, the for sure. That's on, that's on the play. Oh, work. Well, here. Hold on. <laughs> Let me see what's on my, my one. Let's just oh, look, because we're, we're just right. This is casual, right? Yeah, so yeah. Get on the playlist. So here is. All right, let's see. Let's look at this one. It's on this. I got KRS One on this one. I got Crooklyn Dodgers. Wow, killing it with the O's. I got some. I got some nice and smooth on here. What? Smooth as funk. Yeah. Oh, I got. I got. I got Das Effects. I got some PE. Look at this. Ghetto boys, some Onyx. Slam. Jump on it. Jump on it. Let the boys be boys. I got some Eric B and Rakim. Oh, Oh, my God. Let's go. Mr. Davalina. 
Dabalina, <laughs> Mr. Bob Dabalina. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's that one. And then, like, that, you know, and then, like, sometimes, um, you know, my favorite singer songwriter of all time is this dude named Warren Zevon. Okay. Um, so when I, and he sang about LA mainly. He was a Midwest guy, but he sang a lot about LA. <clears throat> and if you know the song Werewolves of London, that was like his hit, right? But I love, I, I've always loved his stuff. And uh, when I'm like thinking about LA and maybe like those gray, rainy days, which aren't often, you know, right. I'll, that's what I'll put on. And I'll, nice. I'll you know, because he sort of sang about LA as like, uh, it was, it was, he sang, it was kind of dark material about Los Angeles. It was like always about drinking too much, kind of losing everything, being alone. Very, Sinatra type and and you know Bruce Springsteen someone asked him in an interview who was his biggest musical influences he said Warren Zevon but he also said Sinatra and he always saw Sinatra as one of the great blues artists yeah all right because he was like if you really get into his work it's kind of like singing about like the human existence yes yes like a lot of people don't even know that Sinatra has a song called LA's My Lady and that's, that's yeah. a beautiful song. He's talking about L.A., but if you really pay attention to the lyrics, he's talking about L.A. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, great song. hey, great everybody song. has, bro, Big City of Dreams. But everything yeah. in so, L.A. Yeah. ain't always what it seems. Yeah, man. That's the that's the that's the pl- that's the playlist, man. That's, that's kind of great kind playlist. Of Thanks, man, yeah, let me the man. This yo. Those, All those names you were saying, Phil. I was like, I bumped every single one of them artists. Like, yeah. uh, they don't even know. You know, hey, I, I think I'm a lyricist, so I love all that. I old think, school I think once life. Phil puts um, Looney, aka Breeze, in his playlist and Stress oh, and UD, yeah. you know, he goes, no, 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 I'm done. I'm just kidding. Um, but man, dude, I feel like I could sit love here it. and talk love about it. for weeks, man. You, you have yeah. a great, you know, a, a great down to earth personality. Um, we had tried to get, without disrespecting his name, we tried to get an actor, you know, on here. Okay. But because we weren't, you know, to say like Joe Rogan or, you know, any of those yeah. big names, we got shot down. You know, you don't have a big enough following. I'm like, did you well, now? Did you go through this actor's like rep representation? Yes. Yes. That's typically, I'll just say this. And, and look. I know a lot of really famous people and a lot of them are my friends. And I find that, you know, you go through these reps, you know, and that's one of the things that makes this business so weird. Yes. Got all these people who, who kind of work around you. And I've had PR firms before. They mainly suck. They're kind of, (laughs) I mean, there's some that are okay. They're getting their check, but kind of bullshit, man. And like, and it's, and, and so you have all these people around you and it's like, they create this sort of like smoke and mirrors type thing. You can't have this person. You can't, you know, and yeah. I, I usually find if you can get to the actual person. person, they're like, hell yeah, dude. Because we all come from, unless, again, unless you were born into it, which yeah. a lot of people are, you, you've had to grind it out and you came, you came from nowhere. You had, to, yeah. you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. And, and I think that's where I get a, kind of you know i kind of get a little upset i'm like man you act like you podcasters just came out of nowhere and blew up no you had people help you get there and unless we get that kind of traction and those kind of people you know like yourself 
You it's it's how are we gonna get we there? Need, we need to grow. How are we gonna get there if you don't give us a chance? Like exactly. And you guys are also, you know, it's like I always feel like you, you know, like I said at the, the when we were talking before we started recording, it's like you guys are the reason that any of us even have jobs. You're the ones who watch the stuff. You pay the subscription. <clears throat> I mean, it's like you got to, you know, you've got to appreciate the fans. You know, um, you, you just you've got to do it. You know, I mean, I I feel like that's just again the way I was I was raised. You know, so, we need put we need we need put Phil as the third host of this show, man. <laughs> hey, hey, they'll love him. They'll love him. But he probably hey, he got a busy schedule though. You know, he got movies and directorial stuff coming out. A lot of stuff coming out. A lot of good things coming out. Yeah, and man. a lot of. It's a lot of things people don't know you're even like under the works for. And, you know, we want to say, man, before nobody does, we want to give you the roses and let you smell them and applaud you right now and say thank you for all your great work. And just being a real guy, you know, being able to be touchable. You know, most people are not humble enough to, like you said, you got to go through PRs and reps to even try to even have a council with these people type thing. And it's like, I just want to appreciate you once again, like I said in the beginning of the show. Like just for coming out here, taking the time out of your day, you know, and just hanging out with two regular fellas and just loving what they do. Because, I mean, we're not really in it for the numbers. We're really in it just because we really do. We we love what we do. I, yeah. I love doing this podcast thing. I, I get to talk shit all fucking day long and you can't <laughs> say nothing about me. Eat a dick and die. See, look, look, look. Who's going to? Only thing you can it. do is censor me, but shit, you better try better. Like, I don't yeah. know what you're gonna do. You better buy the album. I'm, and that's I, and, and that's what people don't understand. Like, we don't care about the whole manas. We don't care about that. We just want to bring people a good, entertaining show. Like, we want someone like Phil, right? To come right. home after a long day on the shoot. Uh, let me see what Phil the Breeze is up to today. Boom. Mm-hmm. Oh man, these guys are stupid. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but we're if, just here again, to have fun. If you're not we're, like I said. If you're it's not a, it's a conversation with your it. with two new friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, we're just yeah. having a conversation. Yeah. And that's why we like to not go by a script. Like he said, we're, you know, I've probably said some of his questions, but that's like just our mind state. Like you said, our mm-hmm. our vibe is that network. We're in the same universe in the same realm type thing. And yeah. like, just mm-hmm. like how I met you, the great energy, the vibe and how you connected with me and was just so willing yeah. to just give us the opportunity, not even knowing if we were just going to get on here and just say a whole lot of random weird shit like other people do. Hey, I heard that uh, you used to fuck your grandma when you was a kid type shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? what are you talking about, bro? Like, where did that even come from? Like, who does that? Like, I mean, you never know because, you know, some some podcasters are very negative. That's one like, I didn't think I was going to hear today, by the way. Where did that come from? When, I'm just saying, like, people just say, like, the, I mean, you got... Coffee. No, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just so like, you people see, hear random shit. So just so you see, Phil, that I, I'm not bullshitting you and I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah. These are the questions that I had for you, okay? Okay, yeah, let's go through them. <clears throat> what keeps you busy professionally? Right. Okay. <laughs> On a day off, if you ever get one, what does Phil like to do? Okay. <laughs> the next yeah. one... How was it working with 50 Cent and how that came about? Okay? How did he take my first four questions? And he then che- I and he looked at your test, dude. He, he did, looked at your bro, test. He cheated when I wasn't looking. Yeah. Bro, I got A. 
<laughs> Mental telepathy, bro. But I was able to get him on the man in the silo and the Ernie Hudson and the yeah. William Zabka and the FBI. He didn't know anything about that, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> look, guys, like I said, we can sit here and talk all day. And, and I would got to hit him with the question. But I got to hit you with one question yep. that we hit yep. everybody with. Yeah, let's do okay? it. Yeah. All right. You rub the lamp. A genie comes out. Mm-hmm. He says, you can get one wish, but I'm going to give you the choices. Mm-hmm. You can, A, be the richest man in the world. Mm-hmm. Have everything you ever desire. Mm-hmm. B, save the world. Or C, bring someone back from the dead. Anybody. Hmm. That's why I love this question. That's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> well, you. A, I, I, for sure would not be A. I can, I can say that. B, man, I think, you know, I, I don't... Uh, I don't think the world needs saving. So I, you know, I think, I think individuals do. So probably I would say I would bring someone back from the dead. That's what my daughter said. See, I'm telling you, hey, this season is crazy, bro. Two in a row. Back to back. That is the first, first, back to back, back, same answer, but it's crazy because last season everybody was saying save the world. world. This season, everybody is saying bring somebody back. Well, look, I don't think the world needs that. The world has been around for billions of years, and I think it's going to go on and it's fine. You know, the human race is another question. That's another question. (laughs) That's a different one. But I think what's powerful about C is that, you know, life is short, man. And like we, you know, we tend to take our time and I think the existence of others in our lives for granted that they're always going to be there. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the case. Um, So, yeah, man, I like... It would probably, you know, and if I could, I'm trying to think. Would, I think my grandma, I would, I would want to bring her back. Wow, everybody yeah. is a grandma or auntie is usually who they're bringing yeah. back. Like so the reason why my daughter said auntie is because she had an auntie that was that died before eighteen, and mm-hmm. like she died from a seizure. It was my little sister, and like they were really close because they were close in age and grew up together. So yeah. they they had like a great bond, and when she passed away, it was different from her because <clears throat> she was used to having her and doing everything with her. So you know that's why she said her auntie. But like, grandma is always gonna be like the greatest thing because grandmas love you so differently. And they do. You you, you really cannot do. do nothing wrong in grandma's eyes. That's true. That is that is like you you're precious to her, and then she gets to spoil you rotten and send you home to your mama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wish I had gotten a chance to spend more time with her before she passed away i think um she and that so that was the first when you said see that's the first image that popped into my head was yep was my 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 grandmother blows this i think she would be um the one but it's man that's a great i just think in general um that's a great litmus test (laughs) <laughs> thank, thank you so much I yeah appreciate and that. pondering <laughs> C, I think is a great thing to go out on because it's like you, you really 
you know, uh, you know, yeah, man, we get one go around the the sun, man, and it's That's like, it. hey, kid, get a good one, <clears throat> a good one. The people in your lives that you love, tell them you love them, you know, be around for them. Uh, yeah, man. Well, good. guys, we 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 gotta wrap it up. I don't yep. want to. I want to keep going. Trust me. <laughs> we'll do. But, hey, look, we'll do another one. Oh, hey, if you down, we always down. Let's you go. are welcome. Sukasa, mikasa, mikasa, sukasa. Hey. Right? So <laughs> let me ask this, just yep. uh, so we can get you on record, Phil. Yep. For everybody, you know, who's turned us down and said, oh, you're not. If you were to catch us, are we a show you'd be interested in? Oh, thousand percent. That's why I'm on here. I wouldn't. I watched okay. your other episode. And look, yeah, I'll say this. <clears throat> yeah, of course. Uh, as an actor, you know, you want to be, you know, if you're, if someone from like NPR or some big news outlet wants to interview you, of course, we all want that. We want the, the big interviews and the, the big platforms and all that other stuff. Yes, that's cool. That's fun. That's great. But that's not, you know, it's to me, it's always, it's a conversation. There's a lot of different conversations to be had. Right. You know, right. Uh, you know, <clears throat> and you should have them all. And, well, because... Because not to cut you off, but to me, when you're big like that, right? Like like Stress said, they're going to ask you, you know, the common, what you probably, the, the last 50 shows asked you, right? right? Whereas to we like to bring you into our world and say, hey, I bet you no one's ever asked you this. <laughs> you know, and, let me, like, and let me tell you not about the grandma I... fucking or anything, whatever he said. Like, like, that was. <laughs> Come on, bro. This is why you can edit. <laughs> but I will say this. All it takes, all it takes is you guys get that one right guest on the show. We got them. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. I don't know that I'm that. But but all, I'm just saying, like, all it does is takes that one moment or that one person who looks at And you guys could be launched and interviewing celebrities one year from now that I'll be like, hey, you guys remember me? (laughs) What do you mean? I'm going to be cooking with you. I'm going to be like, man, we're doing dinners. What are you talking about? I I can already envision it. Y'all going to be in the kitchen cooking. Yeah. I'm going to be in the studio doing the soundtrack for you. So, hey, we got all the parts we need, man. We good. (laughs) <laughs> you ain't, ain't got to worry about us, bro. I know where my loyalty lies, and and you yep. gave us the opportunity when nobody else would. So hey, yeah. I owe you that. You I know thank what I'm saying? you for that. Very I serve fun. you my liege. <laughs> I had a blast, man. It was a lot of fun. Thank Appreciate you so much. It. Is there anybody you want to give shots out? Say Please. thank you. Anything yes. to? You know, um, <clears throat> let's see. Shout outs. My uh, my, my uh, very good friend Lanny, who's a guy I think you should have on the show. Would love okay. to have him. Would love yeah. to have him. So he, so um, you guys saw the movie Baby Driver, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right, yes. In that, he's on a new show uh, called Wolfpack on Paramount Plus, um, and okay. he's one of the stars of that show. He's he's my boy. He's great. Shout out to him because the show is out right now. And he deserves to check that out because he's a dude you should have on. He's a dude you should have on the show. Hey, he's a great actor. we're here. We're hey, here. And give we're me, send me the link, the plug. I would yeah, do what I gotta director. do. I got you. Yeah. I got you all day long. Wait, there is one thing I want to say, and and you yeah. and you you made me think about it, and I don't care about. Hey, sorry, nine to five, but we we making yeah. a living here too, you know. Right. Um. You said Paramount Plus, so it made me really want to bring this up really quick before I forget. Yeah, sure. Are, are we noticing more, more celebrities 
out of the theater and more in streaming now, like in Netflix and Paramount yeah. Plus and HBO Max. You don't even see them in the theater anymore. Now they're just no. doing their shows there. That's right. And you're going to see a lot less of in the theaters. The theaters are going out. I mean, you know, yes. I think legal <laughs> cinemas are now closing. AMC. Uh, AMC is going out. Um, you know, yeah, man, it's just it's it's not, um, you know, it's just it's just going to go more and more that way. You know, oh, I mean, it's gonna, you know, streaming. I love going to the movies too, man. Dang, I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna miss that. That's my I'm thing. Too, I, like... I don't like spending a hundred dollars to go watch Phil Donlin's uh, <laughs> <laughs> new movie, yeah. Phil, but I'll be yeah. like, bro, a hundred bucks. Well, you need to come down here where it's still eight seventy five, so you know you'll be all right. <laughs> Take no, a play. It'd be there's no cheaper. joke here, bro. I, we and no joke here, Phil. We went to go see a movie. It was maybe last year, um, yeah. and I spent. Seventeen fifty for me to get in, seventeen fifty for my guest to get in, and then seventeen fifty for her kid to get in. So I'm like, I haven't even got to the snack bar yet. Well, I'm that's the thing. It's like think, think about like who can even afford to go anymore. Yes, I mean right. it's like two hundred dollars for a family to go to a to a movie, and then you know if if you think about it, you can just stream something in your house. Yep, for seven you know, seventeen ninety nine. <laughs> yep. My fear is though that that a will month. go up since <laughs> and you can buy your own snacks. My, my fear is the price is going to skyrocket though because of the movie theaters going down and all the movies now only being on streaming. Right, it, they're going to kind of move that up too. But. Well, they already done that. <clears throat> yeah, they, <laughs> they already started that. that. Yeah, yeah, but I think, but, but, yeah, but to answer your question, I think it's it's just it's going to continue. And then the other thing is is that. Um, with streaming, they're they're making a lot more content, and really, the streaming is like where it's at. Um, because if you look at the movies now, what do you have to go watch? The Fablemans? <laughs> or go watch that crap? <laughs> garbage. That's the last that, movie that, I seen that, was Avatar in 3D, so and that was a three-hour-long I mean, movie with no pause button. I had to pee like a mug. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing really worth watching at the movie theaters anyway. Yeah. But they're too long. Like, I mean, if you take a kid to go see Black Panther for two hours and 47 minutes, you no. need to take this kid to the bathroom after they didn't drunk all this Mr. <laughs> kid. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and Icy's. Like, yeah. they need to take breaks in between these long movies. They're not even thinking about that. Like, you got to think about intermissions nowadays. You got yeah, a three-hour yeah, long movie. Back in the day, right, Phil? Like, yeah. Like, the Godfather, oh, they yeah. would say intermission and yeah and then you come back they did that for that movie beloved with oprah did they had a it was a three-hour long movie half an hour in it they did a whole 15-minute intermission let everybody use and then they started to back up that's like you know i was just like they need stuff like that but that's why the whole streaming to me makes more sense i'm gonna come home sit with my family if we gotta go to the back i gotta pause this shit right i gotta be like what i miss are we gonna see anything from you phil on the streaming services coming soon Oh man, um, boy, I hope so. You know, yeah, I hope so. Um, there, you know, I mean, the, obviously the show with Fox. I mean, that will be on network. But you know, this other show I'm doing with, <laughs> yes, starring you two. <laughs> you get my hand oh, profile no. right. Look, I'm trying to get my shot profile right. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> look, when there's a scene and it calls for two guys doing an interview show. Oh, <laughs> I got you. And you bro. heard it here first. I got heard you, bro. I got you, bro. Yes. I am and in there again. This we, just in again. We cannot thank you enough, Phil. Thank you so yeah. much for taking the time out of your day. Um, we gonna yep. do our outro, and then yep. um, but before we do our outro, 
I need you to tell people where they can find you on social media because they need to go follow you. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I, I can't wait to see this because I'm going to post it all over the place. I appreciate hey, that. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, and you will be back. You will be back. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm back. oh yeah. Oh, I'm because uh, he has a great idea. We can't say it because okay. we, we're not. I'm not Mr. Spoiler Alert. That's him. Okay. But he has a great idea, so you're definitely coming back. I promise. Okay. You. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so on on the uh, on the uh, IG, it's Phil dot Donlin. So Phil period Donlin, and then um, on Twitter, it's Phil Donlin one, the numeral one. Um, and then that's it. I'm not on. I haven't been on Facebook since like 2008. It's kind of. Yeah. Uh, the Snapchat and the TikTok, man. I don't know. I, I don't just stop out of there. If you ever want to have a few laughs there, Mr. Phil, you can always follow me on TikTok. It's just me, Breeze. Okay. Just the way well, you hear it. I'll have to download <laughs> it and I'll get on it just for you because I don't know. I, I haven't figured that out yet, but uh, that's oh, it. Man. That's why I haven't put none of mine up yet. I haven't figured it out either. But he's, but got, some I got, great, some he's got some coming. great. He's got some great skits written. So yeah. I, I, anyway, I, now, we are going to end it. <clears throat> we're going to end it right here. And we're going to do our outro. It's your boy, Breeze. Feel the breeze along with the greatest co-host of the world. Stress the realest sensation. And one of the greatest <laughs> guests we've had in the world. Phil Donlin. Appreciate That's right, you guys. baby. Feel Appreciate the breeze, y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.